But the <laughs> the welcome series is the core to the introduction to your brand. Mm-hmm. It's usually a set of four emails sent over probably four weeks. Okay, that's uh, that's yep. quite a bit of time yes, too. Okay, yes. you don't want to hit them up uh, every single day. It's yeah. almost like you know, like the, the dating scene. You don't text the girl right after. <laughs> or whatever. It's, you wait have to a day or so some, to call. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You yeah. wait some time through to to speak with them. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Go Rogue Podcast. My name is Brian Fitton. I am here with Blake Purrier of Engine. Man, dude, I'm so excited. We're here at Engine. I mean, look at the legit setup they have. Yeah. We're really excited to to get you guys rolling with your podcast. We've already got some test things done. We're excited to work with them. And it was only fitting to come to their space and actually do an interview with Mr. Blake. Sure. More than happy to be here. Yeah. Um, And then always the lovely Miss... Lauren hey. Lewis is joining us as well. She doesn't have her headphones on I today, know. guys. So I've lost this my superpower. Is, this is a live, in-person recording, so maybe next time. That's all right. Anyway, all right, so today we're really excited because we're going to be talking about customer journey and what that looks like when it comes to like making sure that your customer is following a specific path that you want them to follow, giving them the best experience. Um, and I couldn't think of anybody else better to talk about this. Yeah, Blake. I'm really pumped up to kind of share the way that Engine thinks about the customer journey and how that applies to basically any like online retailer out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So before we jump into that, uh, Lauren, do you have anything for us to kick us off? For this week, what are you guys obsessed oh, that's with? Right. Ooh, yes. I'll go first. Oh, he, go he's like a, yeah, This is yeah. our favorite type of guest, Blake. You're just, you're, you're on you're it, You're ready to go. Yes. Sure, sure. Um, I'll go with something like non-work related first. Uh, this week, I'm obsessed with Disney announcing The Mandalorian and oh. showing like the first info coming on that. So that's like their new live action Star Wars show. Yeah. It's coming nice. in November. Pedro Pascal is like mm-hmm. running the show. Oh, that's cool. Um, and then uh, the guy that directed Iron Man is the main director for the series. Yeah. So they're pumping some budget into it and it should be pretty cool. So, that's awesome. Yeah. That's I'm awesome. psyched about that. Yeah, for real. Yeah. All right, Lauren, you go. Okay, mine's not as exciting. <laughs> um, I have been really, this is dumb, but I've been really into our public library. Okay. <laughs> okay. So anytime I walk into a library, it like, immediately I feel calm Mm -hmm. and peaceful Mm -hmm. and all the stress like goes away. And on top of that, I've been introducing my three-year-old to the wonders of the library. And it's been pretty cool to see the library through his eyes and everything. Besides just the fish tank. I mean, he's actually excited to pick up like (laughs) books and like we picked up pretty much every dinosaur book that they had and we went through those. And so it's, (laughs) it's pretty awesome. So uh, I've been pretty pumped with the Bentonville library right now. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Mine's software related. It's well, not okay. super exciting. So wave.video. Have you guys mm, seen this? No, Do you guys no. use wave? Um, they did a special code for like $9 for the entire That's year good. for a creator package. So I dove in because it's usually a lot more expensive than that. Uh, but yeah, there's all kinds of different templates and stuff like that. You, they have it set up to where you can format specifically for either Instagram stories or Facebook or whatever it is. Got all kinds of really cool stuff. So I've kind of been head in deep into that just to try it out. See what they have. It's pretty awesome. So I'm very excited about that. Yeah, that's really that's, cool. You know, anyway. You said that you didn't want to have a work one. Do you have a work-related obsession? I do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Knowing I you, Blake, that's so... <laughs> the other Blake at Engine uh, recently introduced me to 2PM, 
which is this awesome set of uh, it's newsletters and resources that you can subscribe to, and it's all about kind of direct-to-consumer e-commerce. Okay, okay. And it's some of the best content I've seen uh, probably in the past couple of years. Wow. Relating to e-com and optimizing your site and kind of trends that are out there. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. That's incredible. Wow. Huh. All right, so make sure, what was that again? 2 p.m. 2 p.m. Is it an app or is it just uh, a It's just a website and a blog and you subscribe to their newsletter. It's That's totally awesome. worth it. Yeah, for real. Okay, I don't have, mine was work-related as well. Lauren, do you have anything work-related? I wish I did, but I really, I, I'm not as prepared as our guest. <laughs> That's funny. It's totally fine. All right, so we're going to dive into our topic here in just a second, but Blake, kind of tell us a little bit about yourself yeah. and what you do here at Engine. Sure. So uh, I'm the chief product officer here at Engine, so essentially I direct the way that our uh, our product works, the way we go, and how our marketing team interfaces with our engineering team. So kind of the the kind of center between engineering, mm-hmm. marketing, and sales. So the way those three kind of play off of each other is kind of what I run here at Engine. Nice. So, so you yeah. kind of have your hand in everything at right, all times. Right, right. So. I'm split among a lot of different, pulled in a lot of different directions. <laughs> yeah. I'll say that. So. Well, you can also get blamed for everything, yes, too. Yes, that's so the that's, best part. That is like, the best if part. If anything goes wrong, you know, turn to Blake. <laughs> yeah. How come this isn't working? Yeah. yeah. Just ask Blake. It's fine. So exactly. that's awesome, man. Yeah. Okay. Well, we love Engine. Make sure you guys check them out as well. What's the website? EngineCommerce.com. .com. That's awesome. Uh, make sure you guys check it out. They do all kinds of really cool things, launching some new email uh, mm-hmm. software as well. I mean, it's really cool stuff. So, um, all right, Miss Lauren. What's up? What do we have on the docket for today? Kick today. us off. Well, today we're going to be talking about customer journey. And like you said, we're, we're with the right man today. Absolutely. Um, and so I've got a quote for us, like normal, <laughs> to <laughs> kick us off. Love the quotes. Yes. And this is from... HubSpot. So really exciting. Um, But uh, it says, you might be telling yourself, this doesn't seem necessary for me or my company. We understand the needs and pain points of our customers. Thank you very much. But this, uh, this may be true at a surface level. However, breaking down the customer journey phase by phase, aligning each step with a goal and restructuring your touch points accordingly are essential steps toward maximizing customer success. After all, Everything you do should be about solving customer problems and helping them achieve long-term success with your product or service. That's so good. I like that. Yeah. So let's let's talk a little bit about this, Blake. So you guys obviously do this really well because you're trying to make sure that you provide especially for your customer, this journey, this path to, to make sure that they have the best experience. So kind of talk to us, maybe top funnel, mid funnel, what, what yeah. that looks like for you guys, or even just your experience of what you've seen. Sure, sure. So we look at uh, every single customer interaction with a, with a brand or with a site uh, in that funnel format you mentioned. Mm-hmm. So that first interaction starts at top of funnel. Half the time that is a Facebook ad interaction, uh, something like that. The other half of the time, it's a direct visit to the brand site. Um, so think about kind of that, that broad, you're capturing the largest point of your audience at the top of your, your funnel. Mm-hmm. So that's where you can be uh, kind of like as varied as you want from a marketing voice standpoint. You can try to attract the, the widest set of customers that you can. And then as your customer kind of proceeds through the site, maybe they bounce off and come back through a retargeting ad. That's what we call your mid-funnel interaction. And usually this is them reading another piece of content, clicking on an ad that's a product they've seen before or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, here's where you really need to seal the deal. Uh, that's where you need to like have your hard sell or offer them a coupon or something to get them to finally reach bottom of funnel, which is the conversion checkout process, which 
uh, an engine's opinion is really where um, you need to have kind of the tightest set of interactions mm -hmm. that once you have them in a checkout, you cannot let them escape. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because uh, the B-backs are always the worst. I'll be back. <laughs> I'm going to be back. Yep. I'm going to come back and get this. That's always and, – and you almost – with each stage, you almost have its own set of customer journeys as well because mm -hmm. you can kind of segment them out, put them in this different process, especially in a abandoned cart yeah. situation yeah. where you can say, okay, why would why weren't they buying? What exactly happened? Was it the price point? Was it the quality of the product? Was it a review? Was it, you know, all of these different uh, different areas to look at and then basically put them right back into another another um, a journey, basically, to, sure. to try to help convert them. And the way we look at that is ensuring that our audiences are segmented from the get-go, mm -hmm. that, that you're targeting the exact right set of people, even from the top of funnel perspective, that if you're building an email list or even if you're just monitoring site traffic, to be able to say, here are the users that I know are, are, are hot, here are the mm -hmm. users that I know are cool, and here are the users that I know are kind of falling off. And you need to speak to each of those segments in a different way. To your fallen off segment, you better be hitting them with your most dynamic content to be most exciting. The ones that are kind of fresh to your brand, you need to be introducing them to who you are um, as a company, what your values are, and what you're offering. Uh, kind of establishing some authority at that space, right. what we're bringing to you and the values, you know, that brand awareness rather than a hard sale. Because I see that as a, a lot of times companies do that and brands do that. They just come out of the gate mm -hmm. swinging. You, they have, you know, your customer has no idea who you are. Right. And you're saying, hey, here's a coupon. Here's here's our offer. Make sure you take mm -hmm. it. And that is, I mean, no, you think about that as you as your personal thing. You don't, you don't like to be mm -hmm. marketed to that way. You like to kind of be, you know, coaxed into this and even, even marketed well. You want it done. Done well, you want to make sure, especially on the content and creative side, mm -hmm. that it's done with, I mean, the highest, I, I say production quality, it doesn't even have to be production, but the story is done well, the, your, your brand, your story is told, you know, very well as, uh, as well. So too many as wells in there, <laughs> my apologies. Uh, but that is, that is super important, especially, um, what have you guys seen when it comes to the creative side, the things that are working, the things that are kind of helping convert? Yeah. So with engine mail and basically with every engine commerce customer, we set them up with basically three automated flows from the get-go. Okay. The first is your welcome series. The second is a product view action. And then the third is a cart abandonment series. So okay. from the, the welcome series, if your brand doesn't have a welcome series, pause the video, go build one right now and, and come back and, yes. and we'll be here. But the, the welcome series is the core to the introduction to your brand. Mm -hmm. It's usually a set of four emails sent over probably four weeks. Okay, that's, that's uh, yep. quite a bit of time, yes. too. Okay. Yes. You don't want to hit them up uh, every single day. It's yeah. almost like, you know, like the, the dating scene. You don't text the girl right after <laughs> or whatever. It's, you wait have to a day or so to call. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. wait some time through to, to speak with them. The first one is usually a thanks for signing up. Here's what we're about. Mm -hmm. The second email is a lot of times follows the format of a, a handwritten seat note from the CEO. Oh, wow. And we yeah. see that convert really, really well yeah, sure. because mm. people feel that they're getting engaged from the company. Yeah. We even swap out the email address that sends it to be kind of a faked uh, huh. from CEO at brandname.com. So yeah. it really feels authentic. Yeah. Uh, and the other two emails then proceed into what product are selling. And then finally, it usually closes with a, here's what you can expect from us going forward. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. And I, I, you know what's crazy is the jump back into the handwritten note mm-hmm. type of uh, appeal. I mean, that is just something we don't see in the world today. And so whenever you do receive something like that, even in the mail, a physical piece, I mean, it, it obviously draws your attention. And so getting something that's very specific um, for your customer from the CEO, I mean, that's a that's a big deal. Yeah, that's and- pretty cool some data to share with you guys. Yeah, the please. Audience absolutely. Uh, what we have seen from across all of our brands that are using these welcome series, we can peg about a 40 cent to a dollar and 55 cent per email sent on the welcome series. Really? Which yeah. means that if you're acquiring customers and adding new email addresses and they fall into these flows, every time an email gets sent, you're going to make anywhere between 40 cents to a dollar 55, which reduces your customer acquisition cost oh, yeah. and then builds true fans over time. So yeah. it's really cool to be able to see that data of, I know that this email is making me money. So therefore, if I capture more email addresses and introduce more people to my brand, mm-hmm. uh, I'll grow and make sales off of it. Wow, that's that's incredible, man. Um, that that to in, in in and of itself, I mean, is is a great, especially to have a plan and a strategy in place. Are you guys seeing anything through if you're running specifically Facebook ads or anything like that? Any type of retargeting when it, you know if they watch so much of the video or something like that? That's kind of where we mm-hmm. we kind of delve into. Um, but are you have you guys seen any results with the retargeting efforts whenever you're talking about a brand series? Yeah, yeah, welcome series with with retargeting for us. Uh, the key there is ensuring that the product they've looked at shows up in the retargeting ads. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, that is what resonates most with the customers. At this point, people are familiar with what retargeting ads. They get that if they look at something, it's going to follow them around. Uh, but what I really will push our brands to do is the product imagery that shows up in that retargeting ad should not be what they've seen on the page. Yeah. Same product, but not the same imagery. Something if you can do different. something cool or dynamic with the product or even just have a, a background with a splash image or something in the product sitting on top of it, that's going to really seal the deal because they're not seeing the same thing nine times. Yeah, because you're automatically going to scroll through that if you see the exact same image or same video. Um, So one of the uh, examples I love to use is uh, Peak Designs in Mm -hmm. San Francisco. So I actually have a Peak Design bag. Um, They initially targeted, I mean, talk about customer journey. I saw the video. I watched Mm -hmm. it. It was a very cinematic, just how we build this, who we are. And then the secondary retargeting was even more of a quality type piece and then a behind the scenes, which I love behind the scenes. You can show a behind the scenes of how your product is being made. Oh, man, please do that because I know that that converts. And so they walked me through this. And then on Instagram, Mm -hmm. I saw the ad as well. And that was where I find – for some reason, Instagram seems easier for me to purchase than through Facebook. Uh, I've gotten got several times on Instagram (laughs) where I'm like, I I would never buy off of a Facebook ad. But there's something about scrolling through. I'm like, oh, here's an interesting product on Instagram. And Mm -hmm. it's it's a very different feel. I think that uh, that kind of shows the power of Instagram ads right now, that if you can meet your – uh, your shopper halfway with beautiful imagery and maybe a, a quirky byline, there's a good chance they're going to convert off of Instagram if they're native to that platform Absolutely. than Facebook. Absolutely. All right. So kind of walking us through this, mm-hmm. what what would kind of be the next steps if we're going through this this journey, maybe mid, mid-funnel mid yeah, rise? mid-funnel is when you start to see that, that retargeting come up mm-hmm. or long-form content. Oh, uh, yeah. We're, yeah. We are big on like long-form blog content at mm-hmm. Engine. That if you're if your brand's not posting stuff, if you're not curating 
um, brand stories, if you're not creating content about who you are and what you're doing and keeping that on your site, uh, you're missing a big component of uh, organic search volume and you're also missing an opportunity to connect with your shoppers on a different level. Mm -hmm. So we, we see really good success from our brands that just write about who they are, what they're doing. Um, it doesn't have to be BuzzFeed style, like the 10 ways that our product will help you fix your yeah. hair or something yeah. like that. But so so this is, and I don't mean to interrupt Blake, mm -hmm. but this is very important. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> Lauren, uh, and maybe it's just me. Have you ever heard of the term a listicle? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Lauren had not. She made me I feel so crazy. I mean, yeah. it, it is yeah. not a, a pleasant word. I think it's horrendous. <laughs> it's a weird word. It's not a word that I like to say. Yeah, true. Yeah. Maybe we'll bleep that out. I, I'm not sure. I, maybe we have to put explicit content on this episode or something like that. <laughs> so a listicle. Perfect. It's basically, you know, five ways to lose fat, you know, or ten ways, you know, yep. whatever. It's so anyway, I'm sorry. But yes, not not a BuzzFeed style, but you know. Know, really giving value back to your back to your audience and somebody who is either a potential customer kind of leading them down that path. Right. So with this email sequence, do you guys a lot of times put in kind of that more newsletter or blog, what's happening with us, into that somewhere? Or do you kind of wait we on don't. that after the... We will link out to it. Okay. But we like our emails to be above the fold, on even on a device level. So if you're on your iPhone, we want your email to stick kind of within that screen mm -hmm. and your primary calls to action to be right there when you load that email up. We will verify on different devices and ensure that those buttons live above the fold before we even send. Yeah, and wow. I will even say, if your email is all plain text, you still need a button at the bottom. Wow. Don't okay. link out with just your plain blue underlined link. Mm -hmm. um, link out with a button because people just tend to click more. People have that, like they know that interaction of clicking on a button. Yeah. So make yeah. sure that's in the bottom of your email. That's interesting because I've I've heard a lot of movement back and forth between you know your really designed well templates mm -hmm. and that kind of turning people off because it's too salesy. So people have gone back to just text, right. the black and white with links mm -hmm. in there. Um, but now we're kind of finding a happy medium. It's a hybrid. Yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. I, which I enjoy too, because you still get the satisfaction as a consumer of like, oh, take me here. You know, you're pushing a button. Um, there, There is a draw to that. But um, I like that. I like kind of the, the middle ground there. That's yeah, good. we're seeing that work pretty well with a lot of our brands. That's awesome. So with a lot of our smaller businesses and everything, and they're getting into, let's say, some email campaigns mm -hmm. and everything, there's a lot of information out there and a lot of people would say, well, I thought email marketing is dead. What would you say to that? I would say mm. they are completely wrong. Okay. <laughs> uh, you need to build a list and building lists is challenging. Uh, if you want to go easy mode and, you know, try to get likes and clicks on Facebook, that's fine. But I would say there's an art and a science behind building an email list mm, where absolutely. you own that data. The if you build your entire audience off of a 1% uh, lookalike on Facebook, you don't own that. You own every single email address on the list that you've acquired, and you can reach them, and you can use that cross-platform and in other places. Yeah. So that's the important part mm -hmm. is owning that data. Secondarily, people still click and open emails frequently. Right. I can I can show you all the dashboards from our brands that show that anywhere between 12 to 29% of their revenue comes from the emails that we're sending. Wow. I mean, that's I totally agree. Choice. When I, I hear people say that email marketing mm -hmm. is dead, I'm like, it's most likely your strategy that's right. dead, <laughs> yes, which yes. is a hard thing to say. Yeah. But I'm like, I don't see email going away anytime soon. No, no time soon. Well, and you you, th you talk about that on, on a personal level. It's you would ask those people. Well, have you been in your email today? Mm -hmm. 
like, are you subscribed to right. anything? Right. And you know what I mean? Rarely are you going to find somebody who is not subscribed to some type of newsletter or sure. offer series or something. Uh, but, and, yeah, you're absolutely right. That is kind of the mentality. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't even want to start that because there's Facebook, there's Instagram, yep. there's all these yeah. other platforms. But to your point, they don't own that. And then also mm-hmm. we recently found out as Facebook went down for 10 hours right. uh, and Instagram as well, mm-hmm. like people were freaking out. And at that moment, too, even myself, I was like – this is why you have an email list. Right. It doesn't you, matter. You could have emailed them and said, hey, while Facebook is down, come visit our site, that kind of thing. Yep. It's yep. jumping on and reacting to those opportunities. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about it at that point because obviously people are not now on Facebook. They're not wasting their time. Like, hey, by the way, while, while you're hanging out, sure. we're waiting on Facebook <laughs> come to come back. Come check us out. That's fantastic. I'll even say, too, uh, if you feel the email's dead – uh, check your metrics in your email platform, and maybe it's a tools problem. Maybe it's oh, a yeah. you need a different platform, you need a different approach to using and leveraging email. If you're not able to see revenue driven through through your email, uh, check the tools you're using, correct those before you just give it up entirely. Absolutely, it's good too. If just as a basic newsletter or value uh, proposition, to have a good lead magnet mm-hmm. as well built into your site and be circulating or circulating those consistently to see what's working, what's yep. really communicating or hitting with your audience and. So um, that's all good. So to kind of uh, finalize, finish us up here, Blake, what are kind of some really tips for maybe, like like Lauren said, somebody who's a marketer who's really trying to come into this and says, hey, you know, we haven't paid attention to our email list in a long time, or they have a, a product online. They're like, you know what, we need to build a series or a segment, um, a whole welcoming campaign. What, what would you... What, what would be that an advice that you would give them? Yeah, the, the piece of advice I would give would be choose a metric and focus on it. Mm. Uh, whether it's your open rate, whether it's your click-through rate, or your conversion rate, find the one that you think is out of proportion low and then figure out how to test into increasing that metric. Oh, yeah. If you have a dead email list and your open rate is 2%, 3%, work on your subject lines. That's the way you're going to get more people to open. Yeah. Then you can say, okay, well, we've moved one step further down. How do we improve our click-through rate? Well, start testing what your button text is. Start testing your button color. Test your the value add you're giving there. Um, that way you can kind of work through your problems, but really just focus in on one metric first. Um, a lot of the times people choose lifetime value, mm-hmm. and I will argue that lifetime value of your customer outweighs basically every other metric that you can wow. uh, toss around. Yeah. The reason why I'll say that is <laughs> you have already acquired that customer. So if you've got an email address, you have that person, a captive audience, uh, you don't have to pay to get them back. It's true. So true. You can just keep hammering their inbox ensuring that one day they may buy from you. Yeah. Focus on that. That's huge. That's huge. And any final words, Lauren? I mean, I think just looking through your customers' eyes and through their experiences as, you know, we're talking about the customer journey and understanding um, what is causing them at times to turn away from your Mm -hmm. product and really um, not being too prideful to admit where things are going wrong and being willing to really take inventory of well, how can we do better? And always wanting to improve, I think, is going to mm-hmm. go a long ways for your company. Absolutely. So even admitting maybe your email strategy is poor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's true. All right. Uh, Blake, where can people get in contact with you if they want, if they have any more questions or want to know more about Engine? Yeah, uh, I'm pretty active on Twitter at B underscore Perrier. Um, or you can email me directly at Blake at EngineCommerce.com. Nice, nice. Hey, thank you guys so much. We'll have all the show notes, everything on our blog, GoRogueX.com. Make sure you guys check it out there. Uh, Make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already and give us a a rating or review that helps us get uh, this great content out to more people. So thanks again for tuning in and we will uh, see you next week.